Unscripted. Unshackled. Uncouth. What you're about to hear is for mature ears only. It's Miguel. Ricky. Yeah. Yeah. You're a dumbass. Have a wonderful day, okay? Bye-bye now. Holly. I finally got boobs and a butt back. And Scotty the body. Am I not as cool and good-looking as I think I am? The Miguel and Holly Uncensored Podcast. No, my tongue feels too big today. Only from Hot 101.5. Give me Kit Kat or give me death. Tampa Bay's new hit music. What's up? (laughs) That's a good one. Remember that one? Yes, I do. Those ads from back in the day, the Budweiser. What's up? (laughs) I remember uh, back then... My uncles used to do it all the time to each other, and like all the aunts would be like, "Could y'all stop?" I can't imagine how annoying that was to have to like stumble upon it multiple times on the daily. Oh my gosh! So if you missed it, what was that? Is it? It was Budweiser, wasn't it? Yes, it was Budweiser. Budweiser. Budweiser uh, was like coming out with all the the craziness right then because they had the was up guys, and then they had those frogs doing oh, it. Oh yeah! Remember the Budweiser? They were like, "Bud, bye." But Remember what? the frogs? Oh my god, yeah. here we go. This oh, is... that's classic. Here it yeah, is. Yeah, I think this may be the original one. Hold on. It looks like it. Hello? Hey, who? What's up? None, B. Just watching the game, having a bud. What's up with you? Nothing. Watching the game, having a bud. True. True. What's up? What's up? Yo, who's Yo! Yo, pick up the phone! Hello? Who's that? What's up? Yo, where's Dookie? Yo, Dookie! Yo. What's that? What's that? Hold on. Hello? So what's up, B? Watching the game, having a bud. True. <laughs> oh so my funny god! Funny now, because you know why? The technology is all like '90s technology. Where oh yeah. You can pick up a house phone and be on the same call. Oh gosh, remember that, Scott? Did you ever have to go through that growing up with the, like yes, talking on the right? house phone? Yes. Yeah, we always we. My parents still have a house phone, but like I do remember. I would be able to like pick up one and like tune into the conversation my mom was having like my grandma or something mm-hmm. very vaguely. That was, you know, probably ended around like age eight or nine. Oh, wow, man! I just remember like I feel like that's the reason why I'm so I can be sneaky and and tiptoeing and listening because I remember living with my grandma when I was like especially like going through like figuring out I was gay and like talking about gay stuff. Or when I came out. And so I would take, because it. I feel like in a lot of houses, my friends' houses, the phone with like the long, long cord was in the kitchen. Always. And so, so, that was like the main room. Right. And so then like in my grandma's house, you could take it and then walk outside oh. and close the door. Oh. But like you had to also in talking, make sure that she didn't pick the phone up yep. and could hear. So you would always have to be listening for that little like. It was like a tiny little, like, uh-huh. it just provided a little bit more um, white noise. Yes, like yes. Like, if someone else was on the other line, you could suddenly, it just sounded a little more fuzzier, and you're yes. like, is somebody on the phone? <laughs> Mom? 
okay, she's not on the phone. <laughs> right. And so, like, thankfully, like, when I lived with my grandma, she wasn't, I always felt like I could, like, like, you know, run run around her because she was a little bit older. Oh, and so yeah. she didn't know. <laughs> and so I'd be like, she don't know. And then um, when we got, like, a cordless phone from someone and then I could go outside, like, I was like, girl, I can do whatever I want. I know, what you, when you, whenever your household got a cordless phone, you felt like nobody could tell you shit. Well, and especially when we got the one with the, like, uh, antenna that you could pull up. <laughs> and so I'd get that one and be like, I'm like a businesswoman, girl. I got a phone with the antenna. You said you're a businesswoman <laughs> in, like, middle school. That's just, I love it so much. Oh, that. And then when we got caller ID for the first time and you could finally see, like, who was calling. Oh, yeah. That was, like, the best thing in the world, like, having caller ID. I know. I begged my mom to get the caller ID. Mm. And... We did not. She no. Because it was like, I don't know if you needed like a, I don't remember, but it was like you must have needed a specific phone because you mm, had a, it yeah. had to show up somewhere, right? Right, right. Or like you, you had like a little box yeah. that you had, yeah. My mom was not about getting a box or some nonsense. She was like, you just pick it up and you say hello like normal. Oh. I was like, oh God. So I never, we never knew. And I always was jealous of the people with caller IDs and they could know that I was calling, but I didn't know who's calling us. Mm. Well, I wonder too, does that change like how you grew up does that change how you answer the phone because like i know holly when you're calling me now but i'll still be like hello like i don't know who it is so i wonder if like younger kids who have never known like they always have known who's calling it so do you just pick up the phone and say like hey scott hey holly when they call, even though I know you're calling now, and I'll still be like, hello? I know. Scott, what do you do? I usually acknowledge the person that's calling. Yeah, like, I will, depending on who it is, I'll always answer accordingly. Like, if it's my buddy Logan, I'll be like, what up? Mm. Or, like, something joking. What if I call you? What do you I'll, do? I'll probably say, hello. But you know it's me. Yeah. But you still say hello like you don't know I would do, It would be, like, a joking way to make it, like, because I'm already uncomfortable with phone calls. So it would already be, God, this I would make it just a little easier by making it like a joke, like, hello. Uh, okay. Hello. Now, I wonder, because I have noticed in the past that whenever I've, I have had to call Scott for something, that I just want to get off the phone as quickly as possible yeah. because you're so awkward on it. Awkward. I had to call him once because we were doing like a round robin member on Instagram and I was like, yes. it's going to be his turn. So I texted him, but then I was getting drunk. So I was like, I have to make sure I pass the baton. Mm. And he didn't answer the text, but I knew he was with Mary and I was like, Jesus, I'm going to have to call. <laughs> so as I was calling and right before he picked up, I, w- I like heard a text come in and I'm like, shoot, I bet he just texted me back. But I was like, and he was like, Hello, or whatever you do. Hello. And I was like, hey, um, I just want to make sure that. <laughs> so is it me that's awkward, or is it it's y'all you. that's yeah, awkward? It's no, 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 it's, it's you, you, because I'm used to talking on the phone. Like, we grew up, like, as members of the older millennial side, we grew up on the phone. Like, I remember. That's all you. That's how you could communicate with friends. Right, like, and especially, like, it, w- it would be a mix between talking on Instant Messenger online on AOL mm-hmm. or AIM or talking on the phone. And I remember just spending hours on the phone and my mom and grandma used to always be like y'all ain't got no bills to pay what y'all got to talk about and it was like that was their thing <laughs> the all the time person thing to right say. you ain't got no bills what you talking about like what does that even mean that's just that means nothing by no the way. we had so much drama to talk about yes that's the thing so for me and since i'm older than everybody in this room it was a very clear line and this is what is weird because i technically think that i'm actually an exennial which mm. is like i'm that weird 
four or five year period in time where the it was like the transition between Gen X and millennials. Mm. Like we, I did not have a cell phone until after college. We did not have computers like in the way that like AIM was popping until I was in college. Mm. So like in my entire high school career, it was only phone calls. Like Mm. AIM didn't start to become a thing until the very end of my senior year. And we were all like, how does this work? Is everybody on this? Yeah. How do you find people on? Like it was, it was brand new. We were navigating it as like the co- up and coming generation of mm. like kids. So we felt like it was ours to figure out. Right. So then when we got to college, by that point, AIM mm. was like on. Oh, so yeah. now you could do, you could either. And we did this. My college roommate and I would talk to each other on AIM sitting next to each other. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but then to get in touch, like, if someone was not online, mm-hmm. like, because you had to be legit sitting at your computer in order to get those messages. So if somebody was, like, not answering their instant message, you just had to call them. And it was a totally normal and acceptable thing to do to, A, have a house phone in college. Like, we had dorm phones in yep. every room. Uh, yep. And, like, the fraternity houses had their, like, their house, and they had different numbers going in and everything. And you would just call them and be like, hey, what time is the party tonight? Hey, oh, I think I told them it was going to be at, like, 10. Okay, cool. I'll let everybody else know. And then you would call everybody else. Mm. Like, and that was the beginning of my college. So it's like, I'm fine with calling. I would rather now text because it's exhausting. Right. And I'm old. (laughs) But, like, it's that weird thing where I feel like I grew up with, like, like, uh, analog and then I came of age in the transition to digital. Uh, I completely understand because that's how it was for me in college where a lot of people didn't have cell phones, but by like the our sophomore year, everyone had cell phones. Oh, so it's like it, the trickle over. Yeah, because like a few people my senior year of high school had them and then it was like really starting. But I love me some AIM back in the day. That was my best friend. And like crafting the perfect away message oh. with either song lyrics. What yes. are you looking at me like that for? I'm trying to figure out what is that? What's in the away message? An away message? On oh. your instant message. Wait, did you ever use uh-uh. AIM? Oh, what a shame. You missed so. that part of you growing up. You did oh. miss. You missed a great, a great thing. It was like that was how you could uh, – quote unquote text with someone. No. But like I said, you had to be sitting at your computer, which most likely was a giant desktop. Yeah. Anyway, so you uh AIM was a segment of America Online. It was their <laughs> instant texting application. We didn't have apps back then, so I can't right. say it was an app, but it was like a texting service that you would do over the internet. So we oh. didn't have phones. <laughs> He's like, oh, it's just texting. You could get on your computer and send, and this is what made it so cool. It wasn't like an email that you had to send to someone to receive later. It was if you were sitting at your computer and your friend was sitting at your at their computer in a different house, you could send them a message and it would pop up instantly. And that was like nothing had been like that before. Like, and think about like Facebook Messenger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it's like. Yeah, it's like that. It's like Facebook Messenger pre that before you were on like you had profiles like you could have you know like your America Online profile right that you could use that when you went into chat rooms and stuff and then mostly people just had it as its own little it was like a application program it was it was an app basically but that was before anybody no one used the word app back then in fact when in 07 when people started talking about apps everybody was like. 
what the hell is an app? Well, because I remember when I first I had the first iPhone oh. and they didn't have i or they didn't have apps. Like it, we li- you couldn't take pictures with it. Literally, what? it was like a computer in your hand, but it couldn't do anything yet. You couldn't do anything because we didn't have apps. It was just like you could get on Safari, and that was about thing it. Was that it had a virtual keyboard? Right. That right. was the coolest thing oh. about the iPhone because I had a um, something that flipped. It was like it wasn't like a switch thing. It was like um, a certain phone that if you you could flip it open and talk like a, a, a flip phone, mm-hmm. but then you could flip it up the other way and yeah. type on a keyboard. Yeah. Yes. So the iPhone let you virtually use buttons. But as far as AIM goes, one of the greatest things about AIM, especially for college kids, it was like made for us. You just left your computer on all day, and your AIM would be up and running all day. So people would try to message you, but if you were not sitting your butt in the seat to get those messages. Mm. They just went unanswered. But instead of people being like, where is she? You put up an away message yeah. to explain, hey, I'm in class right now, but I'll be back at 3 o'clock, and then I will get your message. And then away messages turned into this great form of self-expression where you could put song lyrics in there mm-hmm. to vaguely let people know how you were feeling or take shots at someone shady. Be passive-aggressive. Yeah, or wow. come up with like witty little. I used to be like, I'm spending some quality time with my pillow to indicate that I was taking a nap. <laughs> Doctor Doctor Upshaw, did you have a uh, instant messenger back in the day? Man, I I I'm late to the game. I guess my first messaging is when I got a cell phone that could text with uh, <laughs> with the real screen. When was that? When did so you? Not- how old were you when you first got like a texting phone? Well, you know, it's pretty funny because I've got kids who are 13 and they cannot comprehend that I lived in a time without the Internet yeah. or, you know, FaceTime and things like that. I guess I guess I got a phone when I was like in medical school that texted. Whoa. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wow, how did you even live back then? But did you have like at, at any point like in like your pre-medical college career, did you ever have the AOL instant messenger? No, wow. no, I, I never had AOL. Oh, you, you. Uh, That's because he was busy becoming a doctor. Yeah, That's see, what I, mean. <laughs> I was about to say, AIM was for us communications Because <laughs> we didn't have anything to, to study, so we were like, ooh, we could talk online all day. While <laughs> Dr. Upshaw is like, I'm trying to save people's lives. He's like, I have 800 classes, and I've paid for them all, and I need to learn how to be a doctor. Thank you. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Never uh, mind. Uh, strike the question. Yeah. Never mind. Uh, so we have Dr. Upshaw from Neurospa TMS to help us with Mindful Mondays. Yes, and Holly, yes. what is that? Well, we've decided to make Mondays Mindful Mondays where we know how much your mental health is being impacted by this pandemic or maybe it's the racial injustice or maybe it's like uh, if you're out of work or whatever whatever it is that 2020 has brought Aye. to your door you're probably a little bit stressed out over it. So Mm -hmm. we're just trying to help kind of normalize it, talk about it. Um, Obviously, Neurospot TMS is a place where you can find some relief from depression and anxiety. I've been talking about it a lot, uh, but that's where we met Dr. Upshaw. Dr. Upshaw is a psychiatrist who... um, not only does regular psychiatry, but has looked into and, and has been working with TMS um, for as therapy for anxiety and depression. And so he comes on and kind kind of gives us different tips and hints and talking through what depression or anxiety or other mental health issues could be flaring up during this whole pandemic. And so 
the main topic of conversation today, Dr. Upshaw, we didn't uh, text or anything before this, but I looked at our schedule and it said um, exercise as a way to help your mental health. Mm-hmm. And this is something near and dear to Scotty the Body's heart right here. My heart is tickled right now. Oh. Yeah, and he's always trying to get me to go do something Because I know physical. it's good for your mind. Right. And so um, were you, you're prepared to talk about that today with us, yes? <laughs> yes. Yes. Yay. <laughs> Wonderful. So walk us through what exactly does it do to our 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 mind? Because we know it helps your body. Right. But what does it do to our mind when we go for that jog or that stretch or whatever that physical activity yeah. is? Yeah. So, you know, it's real. This is a really interesting topic because it seems very straightforward, but but it's but it's not. And there's studies that are coming out all the time looking at this. So in general, obviously exercise is very healthy, especially if you're able to do it outside. They've also done a lot of studies showing that early morning uh, light can be very helpful for depression. But, you know, when you exercise, it releases endorphins. Also, it gets you concentrating on something else other Mm -hmm. than what's going on in your mind. So especially if you're doing um, an intense exercise, you become very focused on how you're feeling during the exercise because it can be quite uncomfortable Mm. and getting out of your head and, and, and focusing on that kind of gives you something real to deal with and overcome. And that can be really good for your self-confidence. There's physiological factors it can do. If you exercise with other people, you know, it can be social. Um, So there's just so many different benefits to, to exercising in terms of mental health. I think that's been one of the hardest parts for me is uh, CrossFit has become such a huge part of my life. And it's now six years. I mean, I've been doing it. I mean, you look at me right now, you wouldn't think so uh, because of the pandemic. Uh, But I do miss that camaraderie and that other family. And I've even said before, for me, who I'm not a super religious person anymore, I'm, I'm more spiritual, but CrossFit sort of took the place of that fellowship where, you know, you have all these different people from different walks of life. Like my my workout group, we call ourselves the Golden Girls. <laughs> and that. it's this 50-something um, lesbian woman, Tammy. Um, it's this nurse, uh, Super Jen, we call her. And then Courtney. And, like, we all come from different walks of life. We probably would never have any any reason to be friends, yeah. you know, to except for coming together because of CrossFit. I haven't seen them in months because mm. of everything that's going on. So what can we do if we are a little nervous about going to our our gyms? Yeah, so you hit on a really important point there because CrossFit, you know, I've done CrossFit for a number of years as well. And there is something special about the camaraderie that you get from that. But kind of any exercise class where you go and you kind of suffer together yeah. um, on a common kind of workout, there's a certain bonding that comes from that that's really healthy. And, you know, so not just CrossFit, but any type of community exercise class like that uh, can really just be so healthy for you. And you're right, depending on where your comfort level is during this whole thing, because some gyms are open, um, you might be missing out on that. And that's really tough to replicate. I've talked to a lot of friends um, who do CrossFit. Some have gone back and some who haven't. Um, my wife and I were lucky. Our CrossFit gym closed a few years ago, and, and we were able to buy a bunch of our equipment for our for our for our garage. Mm. So we still kind of like do a little group workout together. Um, but it can be really it can be really challenging 
um, to try to replicate that. So you haven't gone back at all? I, I went uh, right when they first opened. Or actually, it was a couple weeks after they opened. Um, and I went maybe three or four times. And then I got busy with work stuff. And then, like, right when I was like, all right, I'm going to go back, then we became like the Petri dish of America <laughs> for COVID. Yeah. And I'm, and now Scott, you've been going cause I, Scott and I yeah. go to the same gym. I still go. You still, you still go. I've just been a little nervous because we're in that time of year right now where it's so, so hot and they do a great job of sanitizing everything. Mm-hmm. And Scott can speak on that, but I just get a little worried because it's so hot and we're breathing heavy and we're slinging sweat. And I'm like, I don't want a droplet to come over here if someone has it. Um, and I'm just really trying to reduce, you know, the amount of places that I go and I'm around different types of people outside of Holly and Scott. So that's why I haven't gone back since then. Yeah. I mean, it's really tough to replicate that um, when you have a community like that and it's just because you're getting so much more positive benefits than just the exercise itself. So even if you were able to kind of replicate the workout, um, you know, you're going to miss part of it, but with that being said, you know, it's important to try to find some other way to move and do something um, because then that, that at least is better than, than, than nothing. Because if you completely um, stop doing it, then if you're used to doing it, then it's even more of a, even more of a drop off for you. Yeah, no, I, I can definitely contend with that. Um, I've recently have taken up biking, so I will hop on my bike and I've now started an audio book. And so it's been a great distraction. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, because I remember reading this years ago, um, that, oh, let's see if I can get this right. The reason why time seems to speed up for adults is because we don't experience new things. We're not learning new things because you sort of get into a regular, like, I go to work, I come home, I cook dinner, I do the same thing, I see the same people. Whereas when you're younger, time slows down or seems to be going slower because you're always learning something new. You're always doing Every something new. Every day is an adventure in itself. It really is. And so I've noticed in these new, in me bike riding, and I'm I'm listening to this audio book. Um, I'm sort of doing a bike ride in different neighborhoods that I that are close to my house that I've never like I went and I, I biked to a friend's house yesterday to go pick up something. And like I was on some streets I didn't even know existed. I was like, <laughs> where am I? I'm not in St. Pete anymore. Oh, oh wow. Um, but it's like a different stimulation in my brain and starts sort of activating these different things. And so I do think there is something to just getting out yeah. and whether it's riding a bike or walking or, or whatever the case may be. Yeah, so, I mean, medically speaking, there's all these parameters, you know, getting your heart rate up to a certain level for a certain time during the day. And, you know, they've done studies where, you know, something as simple as going for a walk for 10 minutes a day, three times a week should benefit. Um, So you really don't have to be doing CrossFit or something, you know, super intense or super, super crazy. Just, you know, setting that time aside to try to get something, get your body moving in some way has some pretty positive Um, outcomes in studies. Now, is there something that you should do when you are working out or if you are doing something physical to help your mental health? So if if I'm new uh, to working out or doing anything physical and I'm listening to this and I'm like, yes, I've been feeling a little down, a little anxious, just a little inside my head. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go on a walk today or I'm going to go get a bike. Is there anything that you should do to help with that mental health aspect of it while you're working out? Or is it just the fact that you're doing it? I think it's just the fact that you're doing it. Um, 
you know, I mean, you could pair it with some type of like CBT, like cognitive based therapy where you're kind of giving yourself positive thoughts. But to be honest, what you'll find is, is if you, I know it's really hot outside right now, but if you get outside yeah. and do something and move a little bit, you will, you will just naturally feel a little bit better. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I don't think you have to, you know, do anything specific or think anything specific. It's just kind of getting out there and get your body moving a little bit. Like you said, when you were biking, it just changes the dynamics. And, and, you know, what we had talked about before, when you're depressed or anxious, it's not that you're feeling depressed or anxious, it's that you're stuck in that state of mind. So mm-hmm. doing things to get your, doing positive things to get yourself out of that state of mind can be helpful. I'll throw a caveat in there, though, mm. which is that if people are super depressed and anxious, the idea that they just need to go exercise and it'll go away, you know, you got to be careful about that. Because some people will just say, you know, I just need to get in my routine. I need to eat healthy. I need to, you know, get in the gym. But that, that isn't always enough. Mm. And so, you know, I, I would hate for someone to, to not go get professional help because they think if I just go exercise, this, this will go away. Um, because exercise can be beneficial. But, you know, if you're stuck feeling a certain way, you should really think about going to see a professional and kind of talking through everything. Because there may be some other treatment options that you can pair with the exercise that'll have you feeling better a lot quicker. So I would say like the exercise is more of a really good addendum to add, but you shouldn't look at exercise as a permanent fix. Yeah. yeah I mean, I think it's also a preventative measure too. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We always talk and, and, you know, with overall yeah. health, you know, we always talk about with our patients, you know, eating right, getting exercise. We actually check a bunch of labs um, for people checking their vitamin levels and things like that because that can um, affect the production of serotonin and norepinephrine and other neurotransmitters. So obviously exercising can, you know, prevent or help prevent, you know, depression, anxiety can give you a little bit more resilience. But to be honest, if you go through a big trauma or you're genetically loaded for this stuff, it may just happen to you anyway. Mm. Uh, Scott, for you, because you are a, a huge worker outer, I mean, you do it almost every day. Yeah. Do you feel the benefits of it after the fact? Oh, absolutely. Even on the worst days that I'm having, I know that even if I don't want to work out, I'm already conditioned now that I know I'm going to feel better once the workout's done. Like either I'm feeling better physically, like I look at myself and I feel better, but also it's just for me it's become such an escape from just right now in this moment, just like reality and all the things that are happening. And a big thing that I took on probably a year ago was running, and I was never – I'd hated running. I was like – this is so stupid. I'll just go lift weights. And I, I learned very quickly that everyone always talked about how running is so therapeutic. And I was like, that's a bunch of BS. But I started doing it and I started just loving it. And all of a sudden, I would just be on these long runs. And next thing you know, I'm like, I've been running for an hour. I didn't even realize it because I'm just, I'm in another ah, world. And I know it I just, wish. it sounds crazy, but it became that thing. I get how you can develop into that. Exactly. Right. It's not something that just happened, right. but eventually I was like, I look forward to it. Like even in this moment, I'm like, oh, I would like that feeling of just escaping whether you're listening to music and I've done it without mm. music before where you're just your mind goes somewhere else and it's not focused on all the negative energy that's happening so for me I know that it's like after that I'm just going to feel so much more at peace with everything cuz I just escaped for an hour or so during a workout I love that journey for you I really love that well, hour long you could equate it for you know right. like a bike ride or right. like even a walk that's even like I tell my mom all the time it's like you just get out and like 
just go do something different. Again, like we talked about earlier, like changing your environment is going to help you just so much more than just sitting stagnantly. Like I've sat in my room before. I'm like, I just feel like bleh. And then all of a sudden I'll go and just do a workout. I'll walk outside and all of a sudden I'm like feeling a different feeling. I'm already upcharged, you know, and that's why even in the studio, sometimes I just do jumping jacks or just get my body moving. Right. Because it just throws my body in a whole other loop. You need to move that energy Exactly. Around. And so that's what working out is for me. It's not even so much more of like, oh, I can't wait to get stronger. It's more like at this point, it's therapy. Mm. Um, I, I want to ask you, I'm, I'm sorry, go, go ahead, Dr. Upshaw. No, I was just going to say to that, and that's, I mean, that is a um, exercise habit that you have there. And mm. like, you know, we can have positive habits and, and negative habits. And, you know, if you're able to, to develop a, a positive exercise habit like that, that can be very, very helpful and make you very resilient um, to this kind of, this kind of stress that we're dealing with now. So that's awesome. Um, I wanted to ask you real quick before we let you go, Dr. Upshaw, um, because I feel like I've been seeing a lot of parents stress or comment and, and say that they're dealing with stress on trying to figure out what to do with their kids for the upcoming school year as the debates are raging about is it healthy? Is it not healthy? Our school's going to open on time. Are they going to wait? And I just feel like the parents are just in the middle freaking out, like, what the hell am I going to do with my kids? And is there anything, and there may not be anything, that can help a, a, a thought, something to do, a chant, ace, anything? <laughs> I just, I feel so bad for parents because it's like you feel almost like you're about to, like, put your kid almost in harm's way and you're depending upon other people to make the decision when the people that are supposed to be making those decisions aren't agreeing on it. And it's just like, what are you supposed it's to do? It's a very helpless feeling, as I'm sure you know. Yeah, so I'm I'm very aware of this. You know, obviously, I've got you know three kids of my own um, yeah. who are going back to school or or not in the fall. Right. And I think the the way that that my wife and I have handled it is that we just understand that there's there's no right answer here. There's no way that we can figure all things out. So we just have to to do our best. And if things go a way that we don't want them to, you know, to kind of give ourselves a break. Cause sometimes you can feel like you need to make the right decision and that can really stress you out instead of understanding that you can only do the best with the information that, that you're given. Cause I mean, what's going on with the public school system right now is you're having to make a decision right now about what's going to happen in the fall. And they haven't even figured out, you know, what that's going to look like fully. Right. And you guys know how everything's changing every two weeks. The yeah. Lord knows what things are going to look like in another month. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that that's the best piece of advice that I can give is to just cut yourself a break on this and just do your best and understand that if things change, then you will have to deal with that at that time. But there's, there's sometimes people feel pressure to make the right decision. Right. And in this case, you know, it, it's, it's impossible. You're just doing your best. Yeah, day by day. Mm. Dr. Upshaw, thank you so much. Uh, do you want to give a shout about uh, Neurospa TMS? Yeah, sure. If you, if anyone out there is struggling with depression or anxiety related to depression and want to give us a call at Neurospa, you can go to neurospatms.com and you can uh, either fill out a, a form there or call us and Whatever you're dealing with, if TMS is right for you or not, you can give us a call and we can talk you through. And, and if TMS isn't the right thing for you, we can we can lead you to, to what you should be doing. Love that so much. Thank, Thank you, you, Dr. Thank Upshaw. You so we appreciate it. We're going to be off 
Next week, we're going to be on vacation. Uh, but then the week after that, we will pick back up with you, okay? Great. Have a great vacation, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Can't get All right, bye. soon enough. <laughs> I am so ready. I don't think I've ever been more ready for a vacation. And like on the Monday, the week before you're going on vacation, it's like, oh, man, it seems so far away. <laughs> it seems so far away, but it's not. It's, all, it's almost there. We're getting there. Um, Don't forget, if you want a Miguel and Holly sticker, mm. I got plenty. Miguel at Hot1015TampaBay.com. Make sure that if you are listening on Apple Podcasts to leave us a little review, a little rating, and subscribe. Holly, yep. how can everybody get in contact with you? Uh, it's Radio Holly on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. And then it is Holly on Hot 101.5 on Facebook. Sculpty the Bolty. At Scott Tavlin, S-C-O-T-T-T-A-V-L-I-N on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Wonderful. And you can find me at Miguel Fuller on TikTok. Snapchat, and Insta. And remember, we'll be back on Wednesday with another new edition of Miguel and Holly Uncensored. Catch up on previous episodes of Miguel and Holly Uncensored now on the Hot 101.5 app or on iTunes on your smartphone. It's Miguel and Holly Uncensored. Quarantine edition from Hot 101.5. Made hot by Corona Beer.